<coughs> Hi, and welcome to the special edition of Jaded HR, the COVID-19 slash coronavirus edition. I'm your host, Patrick Consilis. And I'm Warren Workman. And we are here today to try to help everyone further support your employees on this difficult time. Not really. I'm here to shit on all the employees who are <laughs> shitting on their employers because there's a lot out there who just don't understand how... There's some bad employers, I'm sure, too, but there are some really good employers out there that have done some great work-from-home policies that employees are just not respecting. There, there are. Generosity. You know, we've talked about it a couple times before about if they just put their energies into doing what they're supposed to do versus putting their energies into how can I use this to get out of work, they'd be awesome employees versus little scumbags that we hate. That is a that is a theme we always have is those loophole employees that we'll call them from now on. Yeah, loophole employees. That's a good one. Well, as we're talking about the coronavirus, I, I just googled a few moments ago some facts spread of the uh, the spread of the virus right now. Here in the United States, as the time we're recording this at uh, March fifteenth, there's just a little over three thousand confirmed cases in the United States. Now you you take that with the United States population of 350 million people, you plug that into your little calculator, you get one of those really funky numbers that you haven't seen since uh, high school algebra. It's 3.57 dot, 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 e to the negative six. So that is how likely one person in the United States is to actually have it. And of course it is growing, but it's not growing at this, you know, exponential rate everybody's talking about and it's not growing uh it's not even that bad of a thing from what i've read it's a it's a mild flu or severe cold depending if you're a normal healthy person yeah well on the other side of that i'll take off my jaded hr hat for a while a lot of those stats are so misleading because they're not able to test anybody so i was reading something about texas was only able to test 287 people that was their capacity for testing a day Wow. So in order for Texas to test all of their Suspected. their total population, it would take them 274 years to test their population. <laughs> so there's just it's hard to throw those numbers out there too much because true we're just not we're just not testing that many people. So and people that are coming to the doctor saying I have these symptoms, they're like, well, you're not at risk or you haven't traveled anywhere, so we're not going to waste a lot of our precious tests on you. So. Uh, that is that is very true the the numbers i I don't want to downplay it too much because i think it's it's serious it's it's definitely should be taken seriously so all the but i I saw a a good quote i would rather overreact now and have it be nothing than do nothing and have it be a big deal you know what i mean it's like i wish i knew the actual quote because that was not elegant at all (laughs) but there is a good quote out there about overreacting that someone can google and find yeah no, I, I, I agree. It is serious. We need to be paying attention to it. But at this point in the game, uh, based on what we know, you know, it's it doesn't require all this. Uh, both uh, where you live, the state where you live and I live, our public schools are closed for the for uh, for two weeks at least. Uh, Thank God that does not mean private daycares so far. Yes. Well, that's actually the next thing. What are the you have element if you were to have elementary school age children now parents are stuck with the burden of, uh, you know, finding daycare for their kids and finding uh, everything else. So I got a feeling that's going to be a major issue for major for employers. Uh, you know, you can't bring in most instances, you can't bring your elementary age children to work. So that's going to be, uh, uh, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how companies adapt and adjust. I know 
Many, many companies have gone to work from home, including some of the big ones like Apple and Facebook and Amazon and Google are telling their people, if you can, to uh, you must work remotely, which that's cool. Yeah. That's a good way. I do, I do agree going back to the seriousness, seriousness of this is that you do need to, uh, you know, slow the curve is, the, I think, the catchphrase that's going on right now. We do need to slow yes, the flatten curve. Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. That's it. Flatten yeah. the curve. You need to flatten that curve because, you know, we don't want to uh, people who might be sensitive to uh, taking a more severe, severe reaction to it than necessary. But also, we've got lives to live, people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're, you're not going to, and, and this toilet paper thing is just blowing my mind. It really is. I think those are the people we need to find out from here. Hey, how many rolls of po- toilet paper did you buy? Okay, that tells me your critical thinking skills are not We're that We're taking strong. that many PTO days away from you. <laughs> that, that's, a good, that's a good one. Yeah, the, the, your critical thinking skills just aren't there. A respiratory yeah. well, the infection. The good news is we're, we're learning that the people that have so much toilet paper are they're clearly the assholes. They have them, you know, they're, the mo- they're the most full of shit. So that's Absolutely. the good news is at least they're identifying. They're self-identifying. So, yes. Yep. Oh, boy. That's that's just something that's gotten to me. But, you know, we were talking about employers behaving badly. Uh, there was a news article, and I didn't send it to you. Uh, I, forget, I don't have it in front of me, but I forget where it was from. But I think it was a call center. They were having their people come in and be using a laser thermometer on their forehead to check their temperature as they come in. And I was like, A, what's that going to do? B, is there a certified medical doctor operating that or medical professional to, you know, read those results? Okay, you, you're, you're within a normal range. You're not within a normal range. Or what else? Hey, did you just ride your bike five miles to work and are a little, uh, you know, worked up. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit crazy. Uh, and that could also be a, uh, anything else that could be some sort of protective issue with that employer scanning their people's temperature. That's uh yeah. I don't crazy. think HR is always one to get, we always have the TMI issues where people tell us way too much information. Oh, yes. So we should not be s- switching the roles there and deciding that we're doctors and hopefully it's not HR people doing this. I imagine it's more company business owners and managers and stuff. I, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was a very bad HR policy on the flip side of that. Or a direct, or a, a C-level person or owner uh, making HR do something like that. That never happens. Not in this industry. Absolutely not. I don't know what I was thinking. But, it, it, you know, also in terms of uh, employers behaving badly out there, uh, I saw online that somebody, uh, some work had a poster printed. Uh, and I'm going to read this poster to you. Uh, outbreak jokes are harmful. Panic, prejudice, and xenophobia are sadly quite common through outbreaks. Stereotypes fuel misinformation and perpetuate harm upon communities. When someone makes a quote-unquote joke or flippant comment about COVID-19, you can intervene by using the following responses. I don't get it. Can you explain to me why this is funny? Or, that's not <laughs> funny and that's not how actually the, the virus actually works. That is a like a professionally printed sign that is uh, posted somewhere that an employee took a picture of and posted online. Yeah, uh, they're just trying to keep keep everyone cool. They're trying to flatten their own curve. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't want they don't want too many HR cases or people coming to HR for these dumb questions, and you know, they're just trying to flatten the HR curve. Now, That's what we should start using. I, flatten the HR. Curve. How can we How can we implement 
this into the HR industry that we want to, because, you know, flatten the curve is all about trying to limit the number of people going to hospitals. It's trying to keep the, the cases down. And that's why all these closings are really happening is how can we slow it down? People are going to catch it regardless, but can we slow it so at least capacity at hospitals aren't getting overwhelmed? So how can we flatten the HR curve so HR is not getting overwhelmed? A great example is, so the HRIS system I use, they do, I think they flatten their customer support channel curve by trying their damnedest to train everyone as best as possible. And they offer great trainings and all this stuff. So they're trying to kind of flatten that support channel curve so people aren't going to them with really simple questions. So that might be a, HR might be able to really evolve from this and kind of take some of this coronavirus terminology and preventive yeah, gotta, hiring. Yeah, we got to try to flatten this, the HR curve. I'm not. I'm gonna run with that. Yeah, yeah, we can get, create scenario-based uh, questions for interviews. So the end of the world is coming. What are you going to do? And find out how they're going to do. You know what they're going to. What their response is. How they're going to. You know, I'm going to buy every roll of toilet paper I can find. And you know, I don't know. It's crazy. You, yeah, you'd be surprised people that would say, you know, I'm going to buy a bunch of Lysol wipes and I'm going to try to sell them on on eBay. Hey, now, if you do a, that. You've, that's a I like that that's a good answer a gold star answer I was seizing with my daughter for Christmas she got me what she calls manitizer uh, it's uh, from like Bath and Body Works masculine scented hand sanitizer she got me like four or five bottles of it and I, I, I use it but I don't use it excessively so I still got four bottles left even after uh, you know two months now and uh, I'm saying you know what I'm going to put these on eBay see what I can get them for <laughs> Well, there's a big difference in doing that and buying three pallets worth so that people that actually need them can't buy them and then trying to sell them at an overabundant price. That person is just a douche. Yep, absolutely. But, you know, also, um, uh, there's already been one settled court case, uh, and I forget the city it came from, but it happened with an Apple Store employee. Uh, And this employee asked for FMLA leave to care for their sister's children while the sister was quarantined. Oh, uh, wow. uh, Apple denied it, and uh, the person went on leave anyhow and was terminated. Uh, but uh, a- Apple was completely right to do what they did uh, because FMLA does not provide for your nieces, uh, and there's no evidence of in yeah. parentis locus, whatever that Latin word is. Uh, there's no indication of that. Uh, so they were within the letter of the raw, but you know the next question is: Was it the right thing to do? Should they have been more supportive? Uh, but what I think is that there's more of a backstory to that that situation. That was that idiot employee who uh, is looking to take advantage of it, or has done some things in the past, and they go on an unapproved leave, and they open the door and gave you that reason to finally terminate them. Uh, that's yeah, sort of what I'm guessing is there's there's more to a backstory that we don't know yeah there almost always is and that's a a lot of the questions i found i went through reddit and tried to see what were employees saying what were employers doing and i found a couple employee questions that people were reaching out to reddit because it's always the source for the best the best answers absolutely honestly sometimes it is there's some pretty amazing people on reddit um, but one of these comes from a company in Massachusetts, and I'll just give you the too-long-didn't-read version. Uh, company is limiting work from home to only salary employees. As an hourly employee, what are my rights? Suck it up, buttercup. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, that was pretty much nothing you could do. <laughs> nothing you could do about it. You know, there, there are so many companies that are facing this situation right now. I know a company that uh, is uh, making all their employees work from home uh, for the foreseeable future. But this company also has a staff of uh, housekeepers, uh, uh, two kitchens they run. And if they send everybody home, what are those hourly employees to do? Um, you know, there's there's going to be such limited work. I, you know, I assume they would have them make the kitchen all spick and span and everything like that again. And there's still going to be a few employees around, but the housekeepers, you know, you're not going to need a squad of them for so few employees. It, it, it is going to affect uh, hourly people. And you see things like in the NBA, uh, Zion Williams just said that he was going to pay uh, $100,000 or something to all the, uh, the hourly employees that uh, are affected and aren't going to get paid from this. I think Mark Cuban is doing the same thing. Uh, there's a yeah, there's lot a couple of... Uh... Couple NHLs, um, Bobrovsky, the goalie for was he in Florida now, NHL, and uh, he's I think he did a hundred thousand dollars he donated to arena workers. And there's quite a few owners that are also saying we're going to keep paying arena workers. So definitely some some good employers out there that there are, are covering there are for some their good hourly employers people. out there, and it's it's good to see. But unfortunately, by the letter of the law, they're not protected. There's nothing that uh, uh, the employer must do, at least in most states. I know some states have some crazy laws out there but generally oh, speaking yeah. not, not much the employer must do yeah i saw a, a great just headline that said we are currently in the greatest work from home experiment of all time at least for the u.s no because this true. is testing it's testing all corporate policies and unfortunately i think for some corporations it people are going to find out oh i actually could have been doing my job from home this entire time without skipping a beat and after this, you're not really going to have any excuse for me to not be able to work from home because I've been doing it now for two weeks, three weeks, however long this lasts, and the company is still running fine. So what are what are employers' excuses going to be when it comes back? I mean, well, obviously they can force people to just work from home because they don't have that policy, but I think there's going to be a lot of argument out there after all this is over that I've been able to do it just fine. Why do I need to keep coming into work if I can just stay at home? Absolutely. Now, you ha you have more experience in this. You get to work home occasionally. I have never been able to work home on a regular basis. I've done it one or two times in my entire career, but it's just not something that you know has been generally offered to me. But I, what I'm seeing out of this is maybe you know, and, and once again taking off the jaded hat, and this is something. Hey, the employers say, hey, we're saving a lot of money on utilities and electricity and yada yada yada. Maybe it is nice. Maybe we can have more people working from home. Uh, if if these we find that you know the people aren't taking advantage of it. Hey, yeah, I'm working from home, i.e., the beach uh, or whatever that they're they're doing. And yeah, but I mean, if happen. they're working from the beach and they're getting their job done, then so hey, so be if you it. You can like, do it. Yeah, that's always been my biggest argument. Like, if let's say an employee gets to work from home and it was kind of a new thing, and their work starts to suffer, so. The punishment for that employee is we're going to bring them back in the office. No, it shouldn't matter whether their work is subpar at home or at, you you write them up regardless of where they're getting their work done. Right. So if their work is suffering from home, the punishment isn't bringing them back to the office. No, the punishment is you write them up for whatever their work is doing. It's it, it really shouldn't matter where where you're working. It's and I think that hurts a lot of work from home opportunities because it, it's that mindset. It is a very old mindset that I think a lot of corporations are still working on. It's that still that nine to five. That's how work is done eight hours a day. But I mean, let's be honest. Most of our 
jobs you can probably do in a lot less hours a day um, or even a week. So this is going to be a really big experiment to see how all this plays out. It will be, and it'll be good. It'll be a good business practice, a good exercise for everybody. I, I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, my company is currently, uh, you know, you're, we're still required to come to work, except some of our clients uh, were thinking they may be closing down at least temporarily. And uh, if that is the case, you know, what, how are we going to handle it? We had a discussion earlier this week and it's, you know, it's pretty good. We're not overly concerned. We do have some people that regardless of the fact they would not be able to work remotely because their job requires them to be physically present at a specific location. And if the client closes and we can't uh, help them work from home, then that's going to be a little bit of a, of an issue, but you know, everybody's going to run into things like that. And so uh, it's going to be an experiment for employers too. It's, it's, it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be interesting in a positive way. Like I said, took off the, the jaded HR hat for a moment. I'm putting mine back on. Okay, go for it. So I have a, I have a Reddit question that was posted actually eight hours ago by Reddit user Anna two zero 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 nine blah blah blah, and her whole it was a pretty long policy and her question was is this coronavirus work from home policy normal? I said I work for a large consulting company and have two kids. They just sent out this work from home policy and that I find tone deaf in the current climate. Is this even reasonable? And there's ten tips and guidance from working from home that is very very nicely put, and I'm just gonna read the ones that she highlighted which is number six, use the seven-day week to your advantage. What can you accomplish on Saturday or Sunday? Seven, leverage early mornings and evenings. Eight, swap babysitting responsibilities with other parents in the same situation. Nine, what if daycare closes, considering hiring the teacher who know, who now can't work, or college and high school students who may be similarly impacted? And so the employee is basically saying for these five items, I think she was looking at a negative view but the other items are the whole policy is really written in a way of saying we're not expecting you to work seven days a week. We're saying you have these seven days. We're giving you this whole work from home flexibility. Get your work done at a pace you can do. You have a Saturday morning that you get up and your kids are sleeping or whatever. You get a little bit of work done there. It's just these employees are immediately looking at, oh, my God, my employee says use a seven-day-a-week to your advantage. They want me to work for seven days. No, shut up. Get your mm-hmm. work done at the flexibility that you can. We're giving you this amazing opportunity during this really weird experimental climate, and I don't think it's they're tone-deaf to the current climate. I think they're addressing using it. that. Yeah, exactly. They're addressing the issue at hand and trying to give their employees all the advantages they can to keep getting their work done and keep getting paid and – um, it really is a, I mean, the other ones are a lot longer, but it's just about like maintaining your calendar and, you know, answering emails and just kind of setting some expectations of when you will, will be able to get some of this work done, which that's not, un, that's aren't unreasonable requests, especially when you're working from home and you can't look at your coworker and say, oh yeah, hey, I got that. I'll do that in 10 minutes. Um, you have to kind of communicate and let them know that you're look you are indeed looking at something and not you know, sitting downstairs watching the office. (laughs) No, I, you know, that, that's sort of the stereotypical employee we have to deal with in HR. Oh, you're, you're giving them something that could be a benefit. Uh, and you know, they've given you guidelines, which they sound pretty reasonable, sound like they're, they're, you know, guidelines. They're not hammering you down. You must work seven days a week. You know, if you have to check some email Saturday morning, Check some email. Respond to a couple here or there. Yeah, it, exactly. Do what you got to do. They're not telling you, 
if they want you to fit your work in some way, somehow over seven days a week. And if that requires Saturday and Sunday, then it does. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. You know, I don't have young children I need to watch over in my house. Uh, so I could work basically Monday through Friday if that I were in that situation. But somebody who might have two kids that are now home, uh, elementary school age kids that need more attention regularly, then you know what? Make it work. You know, uh, find times for them to uh, to do the work. But that doesn't mean you can't sit there and enjoy an hour with them at lunchtime. Hey, let's eat lunch together and let's do something fun to keep them engaged. Uh, yeah, so. I, I think I'm actually going to I'm going to keep that because I think if my company were to start asking some questions, I think there's some really awesome guidelines for working from home, especially for people who don't do it aren't, aren't used to it or, yeah, or don't do it often or have never done it before. It's really a great way to keep pace, and especially just in this really weird time we're all in. So, But again, it's uh, it's just an employee not uh, not looking at the bright side like HR always does because we are such bright, shiny people. Bright, shiny people holding hands. No, that's Anyway, that's getting cut out. Uh, nope. Oh. <laughs> the, uh... I think you just found our new intro. <laughs> Anyways, I think it was happy... I, I can't even remember that song. It was so long ago. Uh, I, I'm sure I have it on my phone. But anyway, but uh, going back to employers, uh, you know, this past week saw at least two that I know of uh, bills sent before Congress for approval uh, that would put uh, give employees paid leave during this time. Uh, and or one was actually one put paid leave on gave employees paid leave, and it would be a mandatory seven days a week accrual of uh, sick time. And I didn't read if it was in addition to PTO or uh, or PTO can uh, go concurrent with this. As you know, some states have things like this where some states, yeah, your PTO is separate from your sick and others, oh, if you offer a sick that meets this or vacation time that meets this, then that's covered. But uh, another one, but that one that offered seven days accrued a year would give you 14 days in times of national emergency. And that's, once again, that's a huge burden on companies. Uh, you know, small companies, uh, medium-sized companies, they can't afford to pay PTO 14 days to people. And then, once again, we've talked about those loophole employees. They're going to find a way to say, ooh, I've... Uh, I've, uh, I'm going to take advantage of this. I've got coronavirus now, and let me uh, stay at home and get paid for two weeks. Uh, there, you know, I, I didn't like that. The second one, uh, which was I, I think was debated Thursday or Friday this week, was uh, extending FMLA and amending FMLA. So uh, in, for cases of national health emergencies, you would only need to be employed for 30 days versus one year, which is crazy. Uh, and... Uh, uh, it extended the definition of family under FMLA. We talked about the, the Apple Store case where, you know, your nieces and nephews uh, are not someone that you uh, uh, are typically falls under FMLA. So, but they wanted to expand that definition. So it's, uh, you know, as abused as FMLA is already, uh, expanding and opening the doors more is only going to make it more abused. Uh, yeah, and, and again, people are just going to find ways to abuse it in more creative uses, those loophole employees, as we've termed them. It's going to catch on. I like it. Yeah. Um, so, like, on kind of the same note, I, I tried to find just, again, more recent articles, and a, a lot of them just boil down to the question is, 
if I refuse to come to work because of the coronavirus, could my employer fire me? Yes. And I, the unfortunate HR answer is, yeah, that's that's how it works. And I've just seen, there's so many of these questions on Reddit. I've seen USA Today had an article about some of the HR questions they're seeing and they're getting. Um, it's just all over the place. But one of the more interesting HR questions from Reddit, if I if you don't mind, that I share is, my HR is telling me that they can fire me if I get sick. And I'm just going to, I'm going to read pretty much this whole story because it, it's short and it's just, this is like a perfect jaded HR moment, I think. All right. Says, okay, I was planning on traveling this weekend to a country that has several hundred coronavirus cases. Already red flag there. Um, he notes that my country already has a few hundred, especially in his city. However, my boss has now told me that HR has indicated that they may take action to fire people who come down with corona after traveling to an area known to be infected, if they plan the travel after the outbreak was known. I do fall under that scenario, this employee continued, since I've only been planning this for about a week. In fact, they've indicated even traveling domestically, they could fire me if I get the virus. Is that true? I'm located in the U.S., and I know obviously that at-will employment is a thing, but it seems excessive given that I could get it right here. Mmm. I like yeah, I just did. Question. I just did the blink and stare. <laughs> or the tilt head. Really? Really? Oh. The top answer is, yes, they can. <laughs> yeah, if... If you go somewhere knowingly, you're you're taking an unreasonable risk uh, of if you're going to say you know South Korea or China right now. Oh, I just think I'll go to Hunan, China. I think they got some you know great tourist attractions and and things like that. Uh, yeah, you know I'm not I'm not going to have much sympathy for you. But then again, we could get into a FMLA situation where they if they've been employed over a year uh, become ill. You know, but that'd be interesting. Did they cause their own illness? Oh, that would. Yeah, uh, and I guess that's why I don't know if you've seen any of this in doing some research. But have you seen companies or HR departments, I guess, coming up with these policies pretty quickly? And I, I guess as long as the policy is consistent and they're applying this to all employees, it's almost more on the employee not saying, "Hey, I'm an idiot. I'm planning this trip to South Korea." next week if i get sick are you guys gonna be mad i mean that's essentially what this guy is saying yeah no i i think at some point the the employee does bear the burden as they took unnecessary risk in getting going somewhere where they knew they had a higher risk of infection but boy but then again i think fmla is gonna you know it's gonna be like that apple store employee they're gonna probably get fired but there's gonna be more to the story because if they're they're one of those loophole employees, and they're going to, you know, find them way themselves out of a, out of a job. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with the employer on this either. No. I think it is a policy that could potentially make people come to work sick, which you don't want. That, yeah, and that is a. I think the U.S. is probably more burdened with this than any other country. Is people are always coming in sick, either because of lack of sick days or no PTO sick days or just the whole healthcare system in general um but it is like a it is a problem that we're going to have people or, coming in sick you know people and i'm i'm guilty of this myself i'm only feeling a little bit bad today but i'll still go to work you know yeah absolutely and that's why the whole checking people's fever <laughs> so i i'm i guess i'm kind of kooky in the workplace i think you can attest to this i do have a thermometer at my desk and i have asked 
two of my coworkers to to take their temperature over the last <laughs> week. Um, you know, it's kind of joking, but they did it. I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Yeah, because if you if you're over 100.4, I'm gonna ask you to go home Get and the enjoy the rest of the now. day. Yeah, that's... yeah, all jokes aside, but yeah, I, I do. Um, I do have a thermometer at my desk. <laughs> no, I... I've had it there for a while. Though, to be fair, before the coronavirus. Yeah. Well, you know, we would have been fired from that one company with the no jokes about a. Uh, you know, SARS or MRSA or whatever was going on, you know, five, ten years ago. Uh, you know, those those type of jokes. But <laughs> uh, I can I can see uh, that group making each other take their temperatures. And, uh, yeah, if, <laughs> we have, we have a bit newer crew nowadays. Not everyone is sure how to handle me. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're we're working on it. I'm trying to just give them a crash course here with all the other craziness going on. I have to I have to stop back in one day just. Get, take your temperature. Take your temperature. Okay. Oh, man. But uh, the only other thing that I, I really wanted to throw in here is you'd mentioned earlier the lack of testing, uh, that capability. It's not the ability. It's the capability to It's test the literal people. tests are gone like, or, or are short. Like They just literally have a shortage of the tests. Exactly. But now what do you have if you have that employee who thought they had COVID, you know, COVID-19 or uh, you know, they can't, they're not being diagnosed. You know, if, everything I've read, it's a severe cold to a mild flu. So it's something you can probably hunker down at home and come up with if you're, you know, of good health and, at a, you know, not terribly old or what have you, uh, or have other underlying conditions. But, uh, you know, if you think you have uh, COVID-19, and right now is a perfect example it's allergy season, especially for me. My car is yellow, uh, yeah. and I can feel the tingle in my throat and the twitchy in my eyes, which is my usual symptoms of allergies. But, you know, what if somebody says, oh, my God, I've got this. You don't seeing that your cars are yellow right now, and it's allergies. But, you know, is this COVID? I'm not going to go to work. But there's There's got to be something in between uh, uh, overreacting and underreacting. Yeah, and that's what they've been doing. If someone, if they don't have a test, but they have people that have, you know, it's fever, cough, and shortness of breath are the three main factors that, that are kind of the differentiators over the common flu and the common cold. You know, cold, you don't have all, usually the fever, and flu, you usually have a fever, but you don't have the shortness of breath. And so they're trying to differentiate that a little bit. But it is, the recommendation is just, all right, well, you're you're going to have to self-quarantine for 14 days if you think you have this. We can't test you, but if you think you do and you have these symptoms and you're, at risk or you've been to an at-risk area is the main thing and then we're going to have and putting on the full jaded hat again the employees who are going to be afraid to come to work they're healthy uh everybody in your department their office is healthy but they are afraid to get in come into work or what have you and that's what i i see as being a big issue now at that point you know we can't accommodate fears we can't accommodate you know your belief system in terms of you're going to get sick because of somebody else. It's, I don't know. That's, that's where I see the biggest form of abuse, uh, coming in. Oh, I'm not sick, but I'm afraid that, you know, Patrick's going to give me his cooties and I'm not going to be able to be healthy again. And I will. <laughs> I'm, well, you my bubble, my bubble is very small in the works in the workplace. <laughs> so. the, the, but I think taking off the jaded hat again, I think it's people, we're usually we're we're jaded we're untrusting we 
we think these loophole employees are all out there to get us. But I think we're in a, again, a weird experimental time where we just have to give some people the benefit of the doubt, say, look, if you think you're sick, don't come to work. And that's, it's, it's, Leave it at it's that. the only question there is. It's just not, it's not worth it to keep this going. And again, we're trying to flatten the curve, both hospital curve and HR curve. Don't come to us. We don't want to see you just self-quarantine. I'll let the C-suite guys decide if we're going to pay you or not. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that, uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. Choo-choo. Come back. Yeah, no. It's gone. Choo-choo. <laughs> oh, I had something funny to say, but anyhow. Uh, but uh, let's see here. Yeah, I'm, I can't catch it again. It's gone. <laughs> well, train's leaving the station. So, Warren, what do we want all these sick people to do? What do we want the sick people to do? Honestly, it, it, you know, I'm, if I'm playing God, uh, yeah, definitely stay home if you feel ill. You know, don't be dramatic about it. Oh, you know, I'm not feeling you know, what, well. What we want you to do is we want you to go to jadedhr.com. Oh. And we want you to check out all of our different social medias, which I don't know exactly what they are. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter uh, uh, that I've set those up. Uh, so check us out there on our website, jadedhr.com. Uh, and shoot us an email, uh, get, uh, direct message us on those things. Let us know your stories. We want to hear from you, get your stories, your thoughts, uh, any deep HR questions you have for us experts. And, uh, so we can give you our best jaded answer and, uh, see what we can make happen there. So, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of jaded HR. Yep. And we always like to leave you with a, a best practice and Warren, again, I'm going to put you on the spot because I, I will have some after this week. I'm going to use my quarantine time, and I'm just going to come up with best practices just to blow everyone's pants off. But for today, Warren, what is your best practice? Create a covert employee wellness program by having frequent fire, dr- fire drills with the muster point at least a quarter mile away. Intentionally disable the elevators periodically as well. And that's your covert wellness program. Perfect. I am your host. Patrick Consilis. And I'm Warren Workman. Thank you for listening to Jaded HR. Slack your CEO on the butt. <laughs>